0: Welcome to the Family Leaders Capital Connection, your insider's look at the policy work and the ministry that impacts you, your family, and the kingdom of God the Iowa Capitol. My name is Drew Zahn, Director of Communications here at The Family Leader, and we have a very special episode of this podcast for you today, specifically for three reasons. I'm going to tease what's coming up here just a little bit. Reason number one, I'm so excited to be hosting the podcast today, is because, well, this is our first podcast of the year, kicking things off and kicking it off with a bang, because... Reason number two, I'm excited about this, is we have a big event that happened this week that we have a chance to really dive into, and that is Governor Kim Reynolds' condition of the state address. We'll be looking at analysis and reaction to that particular address. And then reason number three, and I have to admit, this one this one really has me jazzed. Uh, um, the reason I'm excited about this is because we are going to be introducing something new to TFL's Capital Connection. Uh, we have with us today Greg Baker of TFL's Church Ambassador Network, who's going to be talking with us and sharing with us uh, the work that the family leader does, not just in policy, but also in the hearts and the lives and the ministry that goes on inside the capital the work that the family leader does. Uh, and the reason that that this is so exciting, we're gonna be actually having someone from the Church Ambassador Network joining us almost every week <laughs> because it is a more comprehensive picture of what goes on at the Capitol. The family leader is so much more than just a policy shop. Indeed, we are working on the laws themselves and then the hearts of the lawgivers as well. And we will get into all of that in just a minute. But I teased that we would be talking about the governor's condition of the state address. And so I have with me Chuck Hurley, a longtime veteran, a, a well-known uh gentleman down at the Capitol. And Chuck, you were there. I know the Church Ambassador Network was there mm-hmm. as well. Um, and we were actually live tweeting as well. That was my job. I was doing that. Uh, but uh, uh Chuck, give us your thoughts. Governor Reynolds' Condition of the State Address, some of the highlights, some of the things that you want to bring out and draw out for our listeners.
1: You said I'm long time. I'm, I'm old. Just say it, Drew. Uh, <laughs> my beard is almost as gray as yours. So uh, <laughs> I think this was my 34th Condition of the State Address. And I won't say it's maybe the greatest. Maybe one of Governor Reynolds's earlier ones was slightly greater from my perspective, but it was certainly a great one. It was really good. Uh, the thing that impresses me the most about Governor Reynolds is I think she really does love God. I really think she cares about Iowans deeply. So uh, it's it's warm. I mean, I mean the warmth came through, but also she's tough. She's able to get. Big things done. And she wants to do big things in Iowa this year. The highlight of the speech, of course, for me, was she mentioned passing the heartbeat bill last year. And she said something to the effect that it was a very courageous vote. I think what she means is a lot of the pundits, a lot of the Republican consulting class is saying don't talk about abortion. Mm -hmm. And she's not going to back down. And so praise God for our bold governor. She said every Iowan's life matters. Uh, As far as policy around pro-life, she said she wants to extend Medicaid to the first 12 months postpartum or the first 12 months that the baby is after the baby's been delivered. And that would help some poor moms uh, perhaps choose life. So... um, She also mentioned something that I think Greg might want to opine on more. She wants to implement something she's calling Thrive Iowa, uh, connecting needy Iowans with faith-based help and so on. So anyway, I would just say um, I pinch myself that we have this good and godly and strong of a governor.
0: You mentioned the uh, the heartbeat bill. Many of our listeners, those who were at the Family Leadership Summit uh, over the summer, got to see that bill signed live in person. And I know for many people that was just a, a powerful and moving moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's so good to see life highlighted that way. I know that when you look at the um, the state news media, there was another element of her address that is getting a lot of attention, and that is uh, her emphasis on uh, bringing Iowa teacher pay mm-hmm. up. You want to just summarize that because that was for, for people who haven't caught, haven't read the Des Moines Register, seen KCCI lately. Why? Why this was a, a, a big piece of news?
1: Yeah, she has a rather aggressive spending measure to raise uh, starting salaries to fifty thousand. If you add in benefits, you're at seventy plus thousand, and that's for an eight and a half month a year job when you take out spring break and Christmas vacation. So that's a pretty hefty salary, and that should attract people to the profession that maybe are thinking I can make more money elsewhere. I am of the deep conviction that teaching should be a calling and not a moneymaker. Uh, So it didn't strike me the same way maybe it struck others, but yeah, it's pretty aggressive.
0: I think uh, just you know my work is in communications, sometimes public relations. I think um, last year, after the passage of school choice, which was such a uh, a huge step forward for Iowa families, such a huge step forward for children, parental rights, education, all of this work that she was doing, and yet took a lot of fire for for her to stand up and say, look, teachers, we we have you in mind as well. I think just from public relations in terms of, of uh, the way people view the governor, I think that was a really wise step for her. Um, but the big issue, and I just want to bring this up, uh, taken off of that particular uh, policy uh, proposal, is that the governor's condition of the state address, uh, she says so many things about the state of Iowa. She says things... Um, uh, about leading, about the tone. You mentioned that, Chuck. But the condition of the state address also lays out a bit of an agenda. It's a bit of a a uh, a call. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? A megaphone. A megaphone out to the uh, Iowa legislature saying, hey, these are things that I intend to lead on. These are things I want to see get done. One of those, of course, was teacher pay. Another thing she brought up was tax cuts for Iowans. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, And looking at making that retroactive. So, in other words, hoping to see your taxes cut effective actually immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, So, some big policy proposals put forward there. Uh, How does that kind of resonate with the legislators? Chuck, you've got your your finger on their pulse.
1: Yeah. I think the good hearted, good willed legislators absolutely love Kim Reynolds. Uh, There's a few that maybe. Think she's too bold. She she uh, is trying to dictate too much to the legislature. They're the lawmaking body. She's the executive. But I think most people like a strong leader, and so I I think she'll do great. I think the legislature. I'm sure the legislative leaders talked to her before the condition of the state address so that they were not surprised and they would not come out opposed to any of these big ticket items. So moving forward to Chuck, I want to talk just
0: for a few moments about your role as representative of the family leader, what you're going to be doing in the next coming months of the Iowa legislature.
1: Well, this week was absolutely fabulous. I know we had a snow day, but I've had probably as many or more conversations with legislative leaders uh, chairman and so on. This week as maybe I ever have. Uh, our priorities are moving forward, so I'm I'm absolutely thrilled. Our role is to help encourage legislators to consider things that we think would honor God and bless families. Uh, our job is to react to their ideas. Our job is to do research and help with messaging and work on amendments, and go to subcommittees and testify and blah, 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 blah. So we've got plenty to do, and we've got a pretty aggressive agenda that I can go into today or maybe next week. But life, religious liberty, education, uh, stopping pornography from being so easily accessible by minors. So we've got a lot to do. It's going to be a challenging session, but we've already got a lot of momentum.
0: All of these things that Chuck is talking about, life, religious liberty, preventing pornography, etc., these are things that, that as you said, to Chuck, uh, honor God and bless families, but they don't happen easily. Uh, turning a ship at, uh, the Capitol can be like turning the Titanic on the open seas. Uh, there is a lot of work that goes on. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Uh, there is a lot of busy work. Boy, you were mentioned subcommittees and then committees and then hearings and so forth. And, um, it, it's exciting for me to work for the family leader because I know that we are there, Chuck specifically, you were there, uh, being a voice uh, for Iowa's Christians, for Iowa voters, being a voice for a righteous policy and doing that busy work, doing what it takes to turn the Titanic in the state of Iowa, that we might be a place uh, where uh, God is honored, families are blessed, and people thrive.
1: There are some icebergs out there. <laughs> there are a few, <laughs> indeed.
0: Well, speaking of uh, blessing families, honoring God, uh, there is a huge part of of uh, the work of the family leader. There's a huge part of what happens up at the Capitol that uh, doesn't make news headlines the same way, but I can't be, uh, help but be reminded of what it says in Scripture, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but our battle is spiritual. And up at the Capitol, it is no less and Greg Baker, who is here with us as well, he's been quiet on the mic so far, but I'm going to turn it over in a second. Greg has been instrumental in seeing significant spiritual change up at the Capitol because of the work of the family minister, uh, family leader behind the scenes again, oftentimes, mm-hmm. but work on the heart, work on the spirit, work on the spiritual temperature to really make the Capitol a mission field and a ministry. But to be honest, I should stop vision pitching and turn it over to you, Greg. Greg, tell us about the work of the Church Ambassador Network, what you and the family leader and the pastors and the people involved are doing up the Capitol and how it's making a difference.
2: Yeah, so Chuck and I, we we operate in the same vineyard. We just use different tools in that vineyard. One of the big things we wanted to really engage the Church at the Capitol we wanted to build something that wasn't designed just around living out our citizenship in a constitutional republic. We just wanted to talk about what does it look like to live out as a Christian within the broad institution of government. So I really believe the work we do in the Church Ambassador now, or you could do anywhere in the world. You could pick this up, move it to communist China, move it to Brazil, or even right here in the state of Iowa, and we're actually currently doing it in 17 U.S. capitals, Right now. And what we're doing, Drew, is we are connecting the shepherds of two of God's ancient institutions together. One institution being the church, with Christ obviously as the head of the church and pastors as the historic shepherd of the church. Pastor is just a fancy word for shepherd in Latin. That's all that it is. That's what El Pastor. Then when you look at um, government, governments had a lot of shepherds throughout history. When you open up your Bible, though, the vast majority of the shepherds are monarchs. Sometimes they get a fun name like Caesar or Pharaoh, but at the end of the day, Pharaoh is king of Egypt. Caesar was king of Rome, and the king historically shepherd the government, whether that be through laws, whether that be through an executive and administering day-to-day work of government, or even just in rulings. Remember, Paul appealed to Caesar, why Caesar was the highest court in the land, so Caesar would take the biggest cases in the land. All those principles we find in the Bible, they're still here. It's just in the land you and I call home, it's not one person anymore, we took the powers of the court, and we gave it to seven Supreme Court judges. We took the powers of lawmaking, and in Iowa gave it to 150 legislators. We took the CEO powers, and we gave it to a governor. And what we want to do is we want to connect the pastors which each and every single one of these shepherds. Some of them elected, but a lot of them appointed as well. So we work with the 17 different department leaders here in Iowa. And what we're doing with them is that we're ministering at a personal and professional level. When I think about the word of Jesus Christ and about the Spirit of God, it is going to bring transformation to all of you, including your work life and in your personal life. So at the Capitol, we are ministering at this time of year very heavily to legislators, but throughout the year, the executive branch, we are ministering them as an ordinary person. We're pouring in them as a shepherd. We're helping them see who they are in Christ. And what does it actually mean to be a shepherd? What does it even mean? Because shepherding is a leadership style. And then lastly, we want to partner. How can the church and state work together to meet needs in our communities? And God has given us some really incredible partnerships that are really transforming the way our state government works today.
0: Well, you—I um, mentioned earlier that a lot of times the Church Ambassador Network, your work uh, is sort of behind the scenes, and and we don't necessarily always talk about the opportunities to minister to individual legislators because, of course, there's confidentiality involved. Of but in many ways, what you are doing—and and if I can—and correct me if I'm wrong, but but what you're doing is bringing pastors to the Capitol as missionaries to the people who work there, yep. and then. Uh, they become spokes, these pastors also become sort of spokespeople for their communities, relaying back to legislators, this is what I'm seeing in my congregation. These are the needs I'm seeing in my community. And how can we work together, Uh, separate roles, but united in the same cause to bless people, bless communities, bring healing where there's brokenness? When I look at success for us,
2: there's two goals we're trying to accomplish. One, We want the modern-day king to see who they're supposed to be in Christ. We want them to see that they work in the institution of God's and that God has called them to shepherd all people. Second, we want to position the church to be the primary problem solver in our communities. People are physical and spiritual beings. Government was never designed to deal with the spiritual being, and they don't have to. But through church and state partnership, the two institutions can take their unique roles and minister in a community. And that's exactly what's behind Thrive Iowa that Chuck referenced earlier. We've been working with Governor Reynolds on this for years. Thrive Iowa is a new name. But uh, the one of the names it's based off is an organization called Hope Florida. Denise Bubeck and I and the Church Mass Network team, we got to fly down with our HHS director, Kelly Garcia, to really get an understanding of what's happening in Florida. But we've been ministering with Governor Reynolds in church-state partnership, even back when she's lieutenant governor. One of the first things we launched out of her office was a preventative foster care ministry. And Thrive Iowa is nothing more than a foundation of what the church has been sowing in there for 10 years. It's given it a public name as high as the condition of the state address today. And that's why we were in the audience.
0: Yeah. Uh, This is part of why I was so excited to bring this topic to the podcast today. Because an honest question for you, uh, uh, listener, did you know about any of that? Did you know that the family leader and pastors and churches have been working on issues like preventative foster care, issues like Thrive Iowa? Uh, did you know that these pastors are, are speaking into uh, the, the legislators and the lawmaking process? Because the reality is, if I can put a fine point on it, we really can't solve poverty with government alone. We can't solve broken families with government alone, the opioid crisis, mental health crisis, foster care. Government cannot solve these problems all by themselves. Because as you said, uh, Greg, uh, people uh, are, and the people and their needs, they're not just physical, they're not just legal, uh, they are spiritual as well, holistic. And so we need a holistic approach if we're actually going to see these problems solved.
2: Yeah, and. We have a proper understanding of government. There's there's two ditches we often fall into as Christians. One is we see government as our savior and our great hope. Another, we vilify it. Government is actually an incredible tool and incredible blessing when used properly. This isn't church or state partnership. It's church and state. God made these institutions because they need each other. What we do not want to make wrong was our European friends merged them. They're never meant to be one, but they're also never meant to be divorced either. And I'm afraid we've hyper-corrected in our culture today. What we want to model in the Church Ambassador Network is healthy church-state relationship. And when that happens, the people are extremely blessed. And that is what we're going to see in Iowa. We want to use our social services as one of many tools to help free people from bondage. Now, I'm not a fool. The poor will always be among us till the Lord comes back. But there is a fraction of the population that wants out of this cycle. And if we can reverse those trends in life, we will significantly change our communities. Did you know that 80% of the people in our maximum security prisons are former foster kids? 80%. we just change the trajectory of just 10% of those kids' lives, you've changed a city.
0: I think you can see why I was so excited to start talking about about this, this subject, about the Church Ambassador Network and uh, our elections and policy team working together up at the Iowa Capitol. And we will continue in future episodes of TFL's Capital Connection to talk more and more about this unique partnership, this, uh, uh, what's the word, symbiosis? Did I have that right? Symbiosis. Yes, symbiosis of- You're the comms guy. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> when I need a word, it's gone. Hey, uh, Chuck, you had something you wanted hey, to say?
1: Hey, Drew, I think it it would bless the listeners tremendously to know that this week, the very first day of session, started with a praise and worship service, and the very last day of this week, we had a tremendous Bible study at the Capitol, and we had a prayer meeting in between on Tuesday. The Holy Spirit, in my opinion, is the dominant spirit at the Iowa Capitol, and it is a thing of awe and beauty.
0: If that doesn't encourage you, I don't know what will. Uh, so let me just do a couple of things here. One is Chuck talked about that worship service that began this week. You can go to thefamilyleader.com, scroll down just a little bit, you'll see an article there about the prayer and worship at the Iowa Capitol. We recorded that service for you. You can watch it. Uh, you can participate, sing along, pray along, etc. You'll find that there. I also would be remiss, uh, we're going to be putting this out here this weekend, and uh, there's something big coming up on Monday. Uh, I would, remiss if I didn't mention that the Iowa caucuses are coming up Monday, uh, beginning at seven. You'll want to get there just a little bit early. Uh, Iowa caucuses, uh, there's a process involved. You want to make sure you're at the right place. It's not always where you vote. You want to make sure that you're registered and so forth. You can get more information about how to caucus, why to caucus, where to caucus, and all kinds of more at thefamilyleader.com. Check it out there. You'll see more information on how to caucus Hopefully, we'll see many of you on Monday night at the caucuses. Until next time, I'm Drew Zahn, along with Chuck Hurley and Greg Baker for TFL's Capital Connection.
2: This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors.
1: If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com.